Associate Dean for our MBA and DBA programs. Um, it's amazing what an MBA can do for your career, isn't it, Amir? Um, so just to talk a little bit about the current students and what things are, and what's happening in Durham at the moment and give you some background. I'm then going to bring in our panelists. Tracy, can I have the slide, please? Um, Michael, Susanna and Paul, who I think are a wonderful representation of the kind of people who, who do mentor our MBAs. We've got very different backgrounds, the full-time online MBA, and even Susanna, who brings her experience of, was it languages you studied, Susanna? Yes. yes. German um, Russian, yeah. Yeah, but then her, her more extensive career in the CBI and in various European business associations. Um, Michael is, is very kindly dialing in from Singapore this evening, where he tells me he's, he's not been able to leave for the last, since January last year, um, but is yet working as ever around the world. We've known Michael as a businessman, as a consultant, as a diplomat, um, and so I'm hoping we'll hear a little bit more about what he's doing. And just to prove you don't have to be all the way across the world to add value to our MBA program. Paul, thank you for joining us from Newcastle, where your experience in recruitment, I know, is really valued by our students in terms of helping them make that transition from the MBA to the career. So my aim is you'll hear quite a lot from us for the first half an hour. The second half an hour is really for everybody else. Is there's a what I'm hoping is you've got some questions. Um, things you weren't quite clear about, things you just want to know how other people do it. Um, and I'll hand over to you and facilitate to everybody else so that we can have lots of questions and lots of interaction. Please keep your cameras on if you're happy with that. As I say, please keep yourself muted. Um, and I hope you'll just, just feel free to get involved and ask the question kind of live in the conversation. Um, I'm hoping that we'll wrap up nicely on the hour so that Michael can get on to his his other calls later tonight in true MBA fashion, 24 hour working. Um, and if there's any questions afterwards, feel free to email Tracy and I on business.alumni at durham.ac.uk and we'll pick up anything we don't cover. Right, Tracy, enough of the slides. There's no more PowerPoint. We don't need any of that. We'd wanna see the people we've got here. And um, Amir, could you please tell our, oh, one last thing, very important. Um, Tracy or Gillian, oh, we are recording. Fantastic. That's just because obviously anybody who doesn't want to work Michael's hours and do 24-7 and is in the wrong part of the world at the moment um, can hear what we've got to say as well. So without further ado, Amir, could you tell our mentors a little bit about this year's students? Because every year it's a little bit different, isn't it? Thank you very much, Benny, and thank you very much, uh, colleagues here. Um, we really, really appreciate uh, seeing you all. I know some of the names, some of the names not. So as, as Benny introduced me, I'm a professor of accounting and I'm director of full-time MBA and recently I've been appointed as the associate dean for MBA and DBA. Um, so um, in my um, role at the moment, I look after all three MBA programs, full-time, online, and exec MBA, which is in collaboration with European Business School in Germany. And I look after as well the three DBA programs, um, the Durham DBA, the Global DBA with Emilion University a Business School in France, and the Fudan DBA in Fudan, China. So um, uh, one of the things I'm, I'm, I'm really, really proud of is our mentorship scheme. A mentorship scheme, as you can see, you've been, uh, you've been reached already by uh, all your mentees. Uh, the reason for that, we take this one very seriously through our welcome and orientation sessions, 
uh, we promoted very, very strongly because we can see lots of value added of students um, reaching out to our previous students or our alumni or body of alumni who's having lots of experience to help them around things which are beyond the what we offer them in the business school, which is the academic knowledge and skills. So we really appreciate that. Our cohort this year, we're very proud of it. We have 46 students, uh, which is a great achievement from our side. Um, it is a very, it was, as you can see, it was very challenging round of, um, of admissions and recruitment this year because of course the pandemic, but not just about the pandemic that some other university MBAs didn't run last year. So they pulled all the resources for this round uh, in terms of scholarships, recruitment activities, and actually extracurricular and BO4 students arrived. So uh, we got the 46 students, they're coming from 21 nationalities, which is something we are really, really very proud of. Uh, the good news is that none of these nationalities compose more than 20% of the cohort. So there is no predominancy from one nationality across the program. The highest uh, proportion of, uh, or the, the highest nationality on the, on the program is from India, which compose about 19.6% of the, of the students. Uh, followed by China, and then there is a spread of, of other nationalities, including the United States of America, the United Kingdom, France, uh, Chile, Peru, uh, Nigeria. It's a growing area. We have four students from Nigeria this year. Algeria, which is the first time we get Algerians on, um, on, the, on the program. So it's, it's, it seems to me there is a lot of changes happening in the, in the world around who we recruit, who we attract, and whether MBA is appealing to these, to these countries. The, the other thing as well is about the quality. So for those who don't know, this is uh, our first year to introduce what we call the phased admission, where admissions happen in five phases. Every phase is having an opening date and closing date. And we, keep, we assess every phase uh, separately to ensure that we are not breaching or ex extending um, uh, our, our recruitment from a specific uh, region, which will be on the expense of other regions. So trying to make sure we have the balance. So uh, uh, we are very, very happy with the results we've got out of this phase admission process. Uh, in terms of gender balance, uh, it's, it's much, much better than the previous couple of years. Now we're having 40% females, 60% males. It's a great achievement uh, because previously, I mean, just to give an idea, last year it was 25% females, 75% males. So we are on the right trajectory in terms of making sure we have some kind of a gender balance. Um, on, a, on a final point is that the quality of students are really, really good, and we can sense that from day one in terms of engagement, commitment. So um, uh, students are really, really uh, engaged with the whole process from day one till now. Um, this year, we allow some flexibility for students to arrive. So students were arriving on phases uh, until uh, last week, and by last week, we got the 46 students in Durham. So we do all the things face-to-face. -face. There is no online teaching whatsoever till now. Fortunately, touch wood, we hope we keep it this way, depending on the situation. But uh, at the moment, the plan is that everything will be face-to-face. -face. All 46 students are attending sessions face-to-face. -face. However, we're still um, keeping, um, keeping in mind the virtual option for students who might develop some symptoms or even got COVID. So, so far we had one case of COVID within the MBA students. Uh, it's recovered now and the student uh, came back uh, on Monday, but during the last week when the student was having um, a positive test, um, he or she was uh, joining virtually 
and they didn't miss any of the lectures. So that's that's the game, that's the good thing we offer. So even if a student got a COVID and if it smiled, the student will not miss anything. So that's part of the commitment we offer students that COVID will not stop them from attending even virtually. Uh, so I'll stop here, but I, I like thank you very much. And mentorship scheme is really one of the crucial uh, pillars of support we offer student full-time MBA. And I, I was speaking to Penny and Tracy the other day, we are thinking of extending this scheme over other MBAs or even, even DBA programs because we can see the value of it, especially in the full-time MBA. Thank you, Amir. That, that's fantastic. Really appreciate you taking time out of, out of teaching because I know, I know you're spending a lot of time with the students in Durham at the moment, just making sure everybody's kind of comfortable back on campus. Um, so I'm now going to bring in, um, well, I've got three of our more experienced mentors who have very different backgrounds themselves, very different journeys, and I'm hoping that they can share a little bit about their experience so you can understand them, see the diversity of our mentors, and pick up, I hope, along the way, some of their thoughts on their approach to mentoring. There is no right answer in this way, um, just to stress. Um, it's wonderful to have that diversity in our mentors as it reflects the diversity in our students. Um, but I really appreciate you coming along and sharing your views. First of all, we're gonna go to Singapore, um, where Michael ha is joining us. We've known Michael, in a number of roles. Um, he, I was over with him. He very kindly hosted a fantastic event uh, before the Singapore Grand Prix when he was at McLaren with, for, for our alumni. Um, he's now moved on in a way that our MBAs do. So Michael, I'm hoping you can share a little bit more of that and your journey and your, and your experience of mentoring so far. Okay, well, thanks very much, Penny, uh, Tracy, Gillian and Amir. So hi everyone from Singapore. Uh, great to be virtually back in Durham. Uh, I was just saying just a few minutes ago, I, I've not physically not been able to leave Singapore. Uh, I, I still can't uh, since uh, January 2020. So uh, any travel is good, even if it's virtual. Um, so a bit about myself and, and background. Um, I actually calculated it's, it's 25 years ago, uh, 1996, when I was finishing up my full-time MBA at Durham, uh, round about this time. I can't remember much about it now, to be honest, but I do remember... Uh, celebrating handing in my dissertation with a kebab from the van that was near the, the old Durham Union where it used to be, uh, followed by several pints of the Fighting Cocks. Uh, and I, I'm here to, to live to, to tell the tale. So um, since then, um, I've had, I guess, what the HR specialists would describe as a, a classic non-linear career. So I did 10 years in international finance with HSBC Group uh, in the US, Hong Kong, China and Taiwan. Uh, I then did nine years as a, with the British Diplomatic Service, including in uh, Sierra Leone, South Africa and Japan. Uh, and then five years in Formula One racing and technology with McLaren, uh, applying, and, and this, this is perhaps a paradox, but applying Formula One derived technology to promote electrification and uh, sustainable forms of transport. So that's an interesting one. Um, and in April this year, I joined International SOS, which is in the business of security and health risk services as their head of region for Asia uh, for the TRICARE program, which is um, basically I, I manage our relationship with the US military in, in region. So once I'm allowed to travel, I'm going to be moving to, uh, to Japan. So some quick reflections on my own experiences of being a mentor. So I've mentored, just about to mentor my third uh, MBA mentee at Dubs. Um, and I think my top three reflections would be Firstly, uh, the importance of contracting at the very start. And, and I think this includes defining 
what the rules of the road are going to be for both parties. That's not just the, the practical stuff, like being clear about how much time we're going to invest in this relationship, when and how often, you know, how will we communicate, what channels will we use, you know, will it be WhatsApp uh, or email? Um, it, it's, it's other things such as um, how open and honest we want to be uh, with each other, What's, how open is the feedback going to be, uh, does the mentee want the mentor to be a mirror, playing back what they see in terms of confidential feedback, or do they want them to be more of a challenger? Uh, things like contracting and confidentiality uh, uh, and what is and isn't in scope is really key. So, for example, what details about the mentee can the mentor share with others, uh, for example? Uh, and I think one of the ways you can make this contracting piece easier uh, is through the second point, which is about understanding and valuing diversity. Now, uh, it's about, from, from my perspective, understanding how you are similar and how you are different in terms of experience, your background, your leadership style, likes and dislikes. But I think it's also understanding about what connects you with the mentee in terms of travel, hobbies, networks. This is so you can understand where you're coming from and, and, and they can understand you as well as to give the relationship a bit more of a human touch. Um, and my experience as a Durham mentor has told me that, you know, I, I'm also gonna benefit from this, from being reverse mentored uh, on issues and experience that I know absolutely nothing about. And that's been one of the highlights of, of doing this. So it, it's in, in both your interests to get to know each other. You can do it formally. I mean, there's Myers-Briggs, Fire B, I mean, I use StrengthsFinder, uh, that can help. But one of the real positives of the program is, is the diversity, so tap into it. I think thirdly and finally, it's about being clear on the objective uh, of the mentoring. So for some of my mentees, the objective has been to mentor, to get them through the MBA itself. You know, for example, how do you manage multiple priorities when you've got three or four assignments on the go? And we can all remember that. Uh, still have nightmares about quantitative methods, by the way, uh, 25 years later. Um, how to work collaboratively as, collaboratively as a team in order to achieve the goal. Uh, you know, I, I realized this far too late into my MBA when I realized that as a group, we could get through the 30 book reading list much quicker than trying to do everything ourselves. And critically, how to adapt those, those experiences to real life and to communicate to others what you've got out of the MBA. For other mentees, it's been more of a long-term approach. Uh, they, their goal is to have an international career or to figure out how to move from one sector to another. So it's been much more about um, uh, professional advice on careers. For others, it's been about how can I have more purpose in my life uh, and, and more impact. So I think you've got to be really specific because you've got finite time uh, and so is the MBA candidate if they're going to be as busy as, as I was on the, the full-time MBA. So fi final sort of thoughts really are, you know, what makes a good partnership? Um, and I think the three things uh, I've already mentioned, clear contracting, uh, valuing diversity and being clear on the objective are, are a great start. But I think the other tips I would give are understand the boundaries. Uh, what I specifically mean by that um, is understanding when you feel it's moving from mentoring to coaching or even counselling. Uh, uh, there's no clear text way book to do this, but you've got to contract up front and manage those boundaries. Secondly, I think it's about forward planning. Uh, and this goes back to the contracting bit. I found it much easier to have a conversation about a goal and then to work backwards from that, you know, what, what do we need to do to get there kind of thing, rather than have a sort of general conversation every month. Uh, and finally, and I think this, 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 is, this uh, applies to those of us who are going to be mentoring MBAs who are not originally from the UK, uh, culture shock or 
living and studying in the UK has been a constant feature for me with my MBA mentees. Uh, and so I feel there's a role for us as mentors to introduce the UK, the Durham University, the college system, the rituals, symbols and, uh, and values that we all take for granted, including the, you know, the Bab Van and, and uh, Clute and a very important cultural landmarks like that. Um, and I think especially in this operating environment, I imagine for a lot of the MBAs who just started, they're going to be working remotely in a, in a remote culture. And we shouldn't forget the resulting mental resilience impacts that, that I think we can support on. I can recall how tough my MBA was in normal times. I can't imagine what it must be like going through it now. So I think that's it for me and I'll stop there. Thanks very much. And uh, Susanna, over to you. Thanks, Michael. So in terms of my experiences, I actually studied languages at Durham. I did German and Russian many, many years ago. I graduated back in 1993. Then I went on to study law, Northumbria and York, but I never actually did the MBA. So I slightly sneaked in here through the back door. I qualified as a lawyer, um, worked for Clifford Chance, including London and Moscow, and then uh, moved into public policy which is where I've worked for most of my, the rest of my professional careers. So I work for Confederation of British Industry, for Fidelity as a fund manager, the Financial Reporting Council, European issuers. Um, and then more recently, I've worked with some NGOs, trade associations, et cetera. Um, and I involved with professional women's associations and overseeing some of their mentoring programs as well. And now I'm working on ESG, so environmental social governance issues. My mentoring experience, um, as I say, I, I have the two sides. So I have the experience of looking a little bit at some of the company mentoring experiences through my engagement with professional women's networks. Um, but then with Durham, I've done a couple of years now as a mentor where I think a lot of it is yes, helping the person to reflect and understand. Um, as Michael says, setting the goals up front is very important. And yeah, you can have general conversations each time, but probably it will be an unsatisfying experience for the mentee if you do that. The areas that my mentees have mostly focused on have been career development in many cases, um, often in an industry that I know absolutely nothing about. So my ability to help with anything with, within the industry is sometimes challenging, but I have to say I have a lot of connections so I can usually find someone somewhere to introduce them to and to help them perhaps with informational interviews when they're thinking about what should I do? How can I narrow down? what I'm looking for, what are sources of information. So I can usually find somebody. Um, the other area that has come up with some of the mentees is very much about interpersonal skills and team dynamics. So one mentee was struggling with the teamwork with other members of the MBA program and when they're put into teams, whether it be for the boardroom exercise or earlier in the, in, in the year, some people find it very easy. Some teams have challenges. And so I think 
certainly some of my sessions have been talking about different personality styles and how to interact with people that you find difficult to talk to and understand where they're coming from. And so there's been quite a bit of that in the, um, in the interchanges. On a practical level, I find treating the mentoring a little bit like a project and saying to the mentee, okay, how do you want to deal with this? How do we communicate? And what is our kind of shared communication tool, if you like? I tend to use Trello boards. Um, and then we actually put information in one place. And then if the mentee thinks about something in between these sessions, we usually have a monthly call, they can just you know, post a little note on the board. Or if I think of something, post a little note on the board. And it's there for whenever we want to go and connect, look at it, follow up. So. I find just a little bit of technology helps and the students generally know what it is and can set it up. Um, so the other thing that I've talked about has been, I guess also career related has been the business projects. When the student is looking for a business project or going into a business project and talking to them about how to manage the approach to talking to senior management and, okay, think about what is it that these people will want to know? How are you going to go in? How are you going to you know, plan to manage this? And again, it's, it's a little bit thinking through the, the communication and the, the people skills side. Those are usually the areas where I think students have challenges. They have support from the university if it's anything to do with the, you know, the, the academic content, et cetera. So it's more, having a friend to talk to and perhaps challenge a little bit and say, hmm, that's interesting. Have you maybe thought about it this way? Yeah. So that, that would be my quick summary. Thank you, Susanna. That's, that's great. And I, I love the fact that you've, you've both got a very different perspective and have shared very different things. Um, certainly we all, we all recognize that point in the, in, in the year, don't we, Amir, when boardroom hits. I think that's a good, reflection and and it is a it's a difficult thing to get through you know how do you work with people who are completely different to you and have different values and things and so yeah no thanks for picking that up Paul so have they left anything from from your experience of mentoring that you, you can share well I, I think I would just agree with you Penny interesting that Susanna and Michael's experiences and approach there's lots of you know commonality but there's also you know a, a variety uh, of tasks and activities that they've undertaken, um, you know, with their mentees, uh, and I would just say, you know, similarly, um, the experience evolves and changes each time when you deal with, um, you know, with a new person, and that's probably one of the key things that I'll come on to. Um, just sort of following the chronology, um, I did my Durham MBA. Um, well, we called it distance learning then. It's, I think it's the global MBA to uh, uh, to use the modern parlance um, over five years. Um, and uh, ha having considered doing an MBA in my corporate career, but never finding the time to do it, um, I actually did it at the worst time when I was um, uh, starting a, um, a small business um, uh, on the basis that um, offering executive search um, and working with senior people in large organizations as well as small organizations understanding 
um, what senior executives did on a day-to-day -day basis in operations, in finance, in HR, I thought that that would be a useful investment for the business long-term. And so it's proved. So um, whilst I would never go toe-to-toe -to -toe with a finance director on a balance sheet or an ops director on the theory of constraints, I know enough to know the issues that they're addressing and that you know does help. And, um, and I can talk HR language to HR directors, which does have value from a practical perspective. Um, I, and I did it with Durham because it was a highly ranked business school and it was on the doorstep as well. And I'm from Durham too. So I was quite proud to wear the Durham badge when I graduated. Um, as, as a mentor, I think the key thing for me is um, it, it's, it's a reactive task. Um, you're helping an individual with their experience on the programme and each of the people that I've dealt with have been very different. Uh, yes, there's common reasons for being there, um, but their objectives quickly differ and therefore it's um, important not to make too many assumptions about the individual, what they may expect, what they hope to gain and you know, get the most from their experience with, with Durham. So um, initially, I try and ask as many questions as I can and avoid any or as too many assumptions. Um, and my ultimate objective in those early conversations is how best can I help you? So what do you want from me? How can I support? Um, and some people like, you know, more practical, um, type support more specific about process. Um, Susanna mentioned, you know, the projects that can be quite stressful. Um, I, so, but it, it does vary um, quite quite broadly. Um, and even today, sort of just picking up from Michael and Susanna, I think they're probably a little bit more structured in the way that they um, set out you know, objectives perhaps for, for meetings and, and things. Um, I haven't really done that so much. Um, and that's a little bit, I think, perhaps down to the individuals I've been working with. Um, but um, just to try and keep an agile approach, if I can dip into my project management module from many years ago um, to, to being a mentor, I, I think that that's something I try and remind myself of. Um, probably that one of the, the sort of the key observations is that um, I, I've dealt with people from different parts of the world, but nobody from my part of the world. Um, and that cultural difference sometimes takes time to understand. Um, and, uh, you know, again, I would just reflect back um, when uh, people are gaining the Durham experience. Um, and uh, I do know the establishments that Michael refers to from, uh, uh, so, um, that cultural part of, of Durham, um, it, it is important. And um, sometimes I, I'm a little bit too linear and I, and I forget they're actually guests in our wonderful county as, as well as um, students. Um, and I think probably the, the key thing for me in, in terms of approach as a mentor is, is behaviour. Um, two things, first of all, and, and they're slightly, the, they're going to conflict a little bit. Um, because of what I do, I do get asked to support directly and sometimes uh, indirectly and directly with career planning. 
and how to go about networking and how to go about getting consulting jobs with big consulting firms. Um, so using my own experience in networks, that does sometimes offer some practical help to, to students. And that's absolutely not a problem. Um, you know, it's, uh, it's good career planning on the student's behalf. Um, however, more broadly, um, I tend to tailor my approach in the same way that I approach non-executive activity. Um, so I have experience as a non-executive director and as a, tr as a trustee, um, and therefore dealing with um, that sort of approach. It's more about helping people by asking questions which allow them to help themselves rather than try to solve problems or offer solutions. Um, so I'm, I'm too far removed from the, the academic content of the MBA to, uh, to answer questions on the modules these days anyway. And I think they've made them more difficult now. That's probably Amia's team just uh, telling us we need to go back and do a DBA, um, to which the answer is no, uh, Amir. Um, but um, in terms of uh, assistance, sometimes just asking three or four questions around a problem helps the individual solve the problem themselves. Um, so in, in the same way as a non-executive advise and guide a chief exec, which questions he should be asking himself or herself to solve a problem rather than trying to solve the problem. I think a, a non-executive or trustee approach to your relationship with a mentee is um, is a good one. And, and I try and uh, behave like that. Um, it's sometimes you have to uh, stop yourself from being practical and getting hands on, but um, I, I definitely think that's the, the right sort of overall approach. Definitely, Paul. I think that's, that's really valuable advice. Exactly. They're not your problems, they're the students' problems, but yeah, you, you really can help them. And I particularly like the way you, you um, brought out how different it is year to year, because that's certainly something I hear. And I think something that can be very challenging. Um, and I, you know, I, I have so much respect for you guys. You know, we give you completely different people with completely different backgrounds and aspirations, and yet you find a way to step up and help them and take them through that that whole MBA experience so they can leave stronger doing amazing things. Um, so thank you very much. And um, what's really nice is having people like Irshad with us who I know has been through that mentoring process and I've now been able to drag him in and say, come on, Irshad, time to give back. So thank you. It's nice. you. So, so it's over to you guys. I mean, sorry, Irshad, if you, is there a question as, I, as, I've, as I've jumped in on you, you know, as you're, as you're here? Um, no, I, I think uh, it was it was really really helpful um, to hear from from everybody, Michael, um, Susanna, and, and Paul. And I could relate um, to the problematics myself. You know, one of the things um, uh, that that Michael touched upon was men the, the boundaries, understand the boundaries. You know, where does um, mentoring, coaching, and counselling end and start? Um, so for me, that's that's something that um, is quite key because um, you know being new to mentoring, um, you've got to to adopt the best practices, I, I suppose, before getting it all wrong um, down the line. Down the line. So that's something that I, I wanted to explore a little bit further. 
Good question. Mike, as it was you who was started talking about boundaries, do, do you have a kind of some thoughts on, on that and how, how I, I dragged Irshad into this from doing an, an alumni panel from me. So, so what, what advice would you give about setting those boundaries? Um, gosh, uh, you're going to hate me for this, Irshad, but I, I, my first thing would be to go back into the books and, and see what the latest uh, models are on this that might help tease out the differences between coaching, mentoring and counselling. I think all of us on this call could probably have a pretty good go at doing that if we had to sort of right now but um i, I think it's uh you know it's it's partly sort of being clear on that and partly i guess your own comfort level uh in, in enabling being able to handle uh situations that you think are verging into sort of um you know is this really a conversation about where i want to go professionally or is there something else there that you know i, I could perhaps uh you know, perhaps it's just listening actually that they, that they want and by all means that's part of this whole thing uh, as mentors but uh, uh, I'm not a you know professional coach neither am I a professional counsellor either so I think it's just recognising where you think it's verging onto different territory and then and then suggesting perhaps another route for them to take to have that proper professional conversation. Yeah, and perhaps this is a good time just for me to remind everybody that all the students do have access to the university's counselling service. And I know particularly last year, Amir and I got involved in a couple of cases, didn't we, where, where actually mentors just reached out to us and said, look, actually, I think this is a situation where you as the university, you need to be aware of what's going on. Um, and so, you know, please don't, don't ever feel that you are on your own in this process. <laughs> Thank you, Mike. You know, I think... It, 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 it is it's where, you, where you're comfortable Susanna you've you've obviously mentored in a number of situations have you got something to add to that in terms of setting those boundaries yeah I think it's important to know okay what are you comfortable with so if you feel that it's going into the counseling then asking for help is definitely a good idea and honestly you know there are people who are trained to deal with these issues probably far better than us so it's it's a good time to hand on um Mentoring, um, the, the definitions that I have. So mentoring would be really someone sharing wisdom and perspective, um, insights, experience. It's a little bit more um, an exchange of views, perhaps, and can serve as a role model, can help expand the network. No power, obviously, to, to directly influence promotions, anything like that. Coaching is much more about helping the individual to reflect. And usually it's far less sharing on the part of the coach because it's not the same relationship. So the coach is not there to share, the coach is there to assist the individual to break through whatever impasses are you know, there and work towards goals. And then counseling is sort of, I guess, you know, the extension on from coaching where perhaps there are deep psychological issues um, and there are like internal saboteurs the person is getting in their own way and you know perhaps some reflections on childhood experiences and all of that will help to say okay why am I doing this what do I need to do in order to stop it and then kind of come back to the, the professional environment. Good. Thank you very much. Um, Paul unless you're burning to add something to that I think I'm going to try and go back to everybody else who's is with us to try and open up other areas that people are keen to find out um, more about um, Chris, Robin, anything that you in particular want to ask about or that's 
coming up. So, yeah, if I may, I maybe the opposite um, question than some some of the speakers were kindly sharing with us, which is that given that I did the MBA on the global MBA, I didn't actually spend all that much time physically in Durham, although I did have a couple of summers there. So I don't know the pubs you're talking about, Michael, but I quite happily go and share a pint with you when we can, when you're allowed to leave Singapore. So I, I have a sort of slight apprehension with regard to the, the overall experience of the program being fundamentally different from the from um, a full-time MBA and particularly those, you know, the symbology of perhaps Durham University that um, I may not be aware of. Okay, well, I'm going to bring Paul in for that one, if that's all right, Paul, because obviously you you also, I mean, I know, I know you've got you've got a Durham background, but but how do you find it mentoring a full time student without having done the full time course? And then maybe Susanna's got things to add um, from not even having done the course. Um, well, I think obviously knowing, you know, the city and the university, because I'm local, is, is helpful. Um, but in, in essence, we tend not to, to talk about things which are specifically related to the fact that the, um, you know, the studies, the full time study based there, as opposed to the, you know, the challenges of when you're fitting it in with, you know, with, um, you know, with the career simultaneously. So it's not something I can advise and guide on. So it's, it really just doesn't come up. And if it does come up in conversation, then, um, I would either you know, come to you and, and get the name of somebody who perhaps be in a better position to give some advice and either point the individual at somebody else um, or get some, you know, get some advice and feed it back. Um, so it, it, it hasn't really caused me an issue, um, if that makes sense. Um, and I suspect with the people I've dealt with, they've asked those questions of somebody else because they know I don't share that experience. Good point. Susanna, anything, you know, obviously... Yeah, I don't it. think I've been asked anything that's, you know, particularly about Durham. Again, I suspect that they would tend to ask somebody who they know is placed there. Um, and I've never... Yeah, not had an issue with not having done the MBA because I've worked a lot in the business context and therefore, you know, um, I did a corporate finance course at a different institution and so on and so forth. So I have a certain amount of knowledge that, that I can talk about the subjects if we need. But as I say, mostly the issues that come up are not really around the technical stuff. It's around the interpersonal questions. That's usually where the individuals are struggling and where they reach out to us more. I think that, that's valuable reassurance. And I just just to say, if somebody says I'm looking for somebody who will help me through the course, I will not match. I will try and I will match them to somebody who's done the full time MBA. So, don't, so I think it's a very valid concern to have, Chris. But but there isn't that expectation um, that you will have that knowledge. And I think you should have confidence in the experience that you have got and that you will bring, bring value from that experience. And yeah, I mean, if, it, if it's coming up that um you know that that's what somebody needs point them in a, point them in a different direction we do not expect you to know everything but yeah I, I think as soon as we can get michael out of singapore the uh, mental pub crawl is on right um so robin you've you've unmuted is it what 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 is it that we can 
is there something specific that we can help you with or something you wanted to share? No, no, I think it's been really interesting so far. I've made a note of a few of those pubs, so I'll definitely be on that. Um, <laughs> I'm actually close to Paul up in up in the northeast, up in Gateshead. Um, just a question, Susanna, you were talking about the interpersonal, and I was having a really good chat with my mentee about um, working with other people in their cohort, and I just wondered if sometimes mentees have come to you uh, and asked questions, and there's been a temptation to answer them, but really what you want to say is, have you discussed this with your group, and almost promoted that self-help within their own cohort? Because um, again, I did the online MBA, graduated uh, earlier this year. So I was in Durham for a couple of modules, but not too many. And we had a really good like WhatsApp group that really helped each other out. So have you got any experience of pushing that back and I guess molding them in, um, and trying to say, discuss this with your peers, set up a forum to do that? And if so, how has that worked? Um, it's a good question. I suppose the, the questions that I've tended to get have been when they're stuck and frustrated and therefore immediately pushing back and saying, go and talk it out with the others without giving them the tools to do so is perhaps not immediately helpful. So I think um, maybe Michael talked earlier or about different strengths. And so perhaps asking them to reflect on, OK, what strengths are you bringing to this team and what strengths are the other person bringing to this team that perhaps at the moment you're finding quite annoying, but try to step back a little bit and think about, OK, what strengths is the other person bringing and how are those important to the team? Yeah. What would happen if everyone in the team was exactly like you? And do you think the team would function as well and therefore you know, how can you perhaps be more curious about the benefits that different thinking styles and diversity can bring together and, you know, reminding them perhaps that maybe you've come across some research about the benefits of diversity in teaching and therefore perhaps this is a situation where that could apply and therefore think about those and then think about how you could apply that to the team and sometimes I suggest books for them to read, sometimes I point them in the direction of you know, tools, I think we mentioned Strengths Finder or there's stuff about values and just understanding that not everybody's the same, doesn't want the same thing, doesn't want to be treated the same way, and that's okay. Um, could, I, could I just add, I, I completely agree, uh, this is Anna, and, and I just want to share another example of um, one of the, the sort of tent, the, the kind of conflict situations that uh, one of my mentees was sharing was a uh, yeah, I guess what most of in this most of us on this call would call a classic sort of cross-cultural collision, uh, where you've got two fundamentally different views on on things, um, uh, you know, attitudes towards time and timeliness, attitudes towards hierarchy or flats. You you know what I you know where I'm going with this. So, um, what I found useful was to, you know, sort of put the mirror the mirror hat on, if you like, and say, you know, how do you think you come across to someone with, with different values? Uh, and then referring them to, you know, it's quite old now, but still quite useful, sort of Hofstetter's work on culture, uh, Fons Trompenaz as well. Um, there's some few, there's some good stuff there around to help people kind of self-reflect. And as, as Susanna and Paul say, that's sort of having that, I, I guess, that self-awareness that you're coming at this uh, from, from diverse perspectives and you you may not agree with it, but you've got to understand it and, uh, in order to achieve the goal. 
thank, thank you for bringing that in, Michael. I thought it really did pick up that point you made at the beginning about the importance of diversity, you know, in, in your own relationships. Robert, is there something that that you would you want to ask or you want to share or? Yeah, sure. I mean, it's been very valuable information today, and thank you for your insights. And it really does resonate the whole um, advising guide rather than solving the problem. And I think that can be a general kind of uh, misstep for a lot of mentors, myself included, uh, once upon a time when I was mentoring in a different context. You, you innately feel that their problem is your problem and you want to solve it with them, but that can be quite hazardous. <laughs> um, one question I've got, it's quite a Quite a specific question is how long would you uh, advocate a month would you say like an hour a month mm, good question so paul do you want to start how much do you how much time do you give to the mentoring um typically half an hour a call um to date actually i was reflecting on this and and um just thinking it might be worth just offering more time um if if it's helpful, but experience to date, sort of a call every three or four weeks and normally half an hour, you know, what happened since we spoke about these issues, what's arisen since then, and that seems to have worked well. Um, I think sort of this year, um, perhaps um, I'll do more on Teams rather than telephone, because I think the, the video does help with the communication. Um, and um, offer a bit more time if if, if it would be helpful. Um, mm -hmm. But that, that that's experience to date with the people I've worked with. Great, thank, thank you. Thank you. Susanna, is it similar with you? And how, or do you spend a long time looking at those Trello boards? <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, I generally block an hour for the call. Um, you know, we might be finished in 45 minutes, but we might take a full hour. It depends sometimes on what comes up and how how difficult it is for the person to work through. Um, so yeah, I, I do an hour a month, usually say, okay, same day, same time each month, block it in the diary straight up front. Don't, you know. Do you charge the full lawyer's hour on that, uh, Susanna? Or do you discount? Sadly, no. <laughs> Dear, no, you're all very good value, and thank you ever so much. You know, I really do appreciate you are taking time out from your your working lives to do this. Michael, is it similar for you? Yeah, about the same, but I guess it goes back to contracting. Uh, so there's been some instances where it's been, uh, you know, uh, a month is skipped, but we agree that we can share a WhatsApp conversation, and again, be clear on the boundaries. Uh, you know, you may see something interesting, and it's much easier just to sort of clip it and send it in a WhatsApp than it is. Know, using anything else so yeah, I guess just being having having boundaries and a clear road but being flexible at the same time but an hour a month sounds about right yeah and, and good reminders on these you know using technology to support that Stephen you've been very quiet which is unusual for you because I know I've wrote you in <laughs> to do this session before um just listening to all of that, is, is there anything that kind of really strikes you as themes that resonate with what you've had or something that you've, that you've had that's very different that you don't think we've covered so far? Uh, no, well, I, I mean, I, um, everything's resonated uh, uh, well. I think I think I would just comment um, uh, every year for me has been a, a, a different experience in terms of the mentor-mentee. 
and and the uh, the needs and asks. There's been a lot of commonality, understandably, and a lot a lot of it tends to be uh, career orientated, and that's where I I would I would sort of um, just highlight the excellent support and advice that the students get from people like Tim and Chris, and how helpful Tim and Chris have been to me in providing advice back to the students. So we've got that kind of uh, that that loop loop going and that we're coordinated and that we're consistent in the messaging uh, messages that we we share with the students so i think that that has been really helpful for me to know yeah um and and just in terms of i suppose um uh the 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 um uh, the the, the ment uh, mental relation mentee relationship you know we 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 typically had a regular cadence of, of meeting for 45 minutes uh, every every month. But I, I, I have noticed that um, obviously that that can increase significantly, you know, obviously, uh, depending on the mentee, I really need to talk to you, you know, and obviously they're showing a great deal of flexibility, uh, I think, to, to do that uh, when when the help is needed um, and supporting the student through their 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 Typically, their their career career pro progress and 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 decisions. Yeah, no, that that's it. That's helpful reminder that if you're not familiar with Tim McCollum, who is the MBA careers advisor, and Chris Roberts, who's our recruiter relations manager, um, yeah, that it it is very helpful. And one thing actually, I've been reminded of last year in this call, someone suggested we created a WhatsApp group um, for the current mentors, and I'd like to do. And I think we're doing that again this year, Tracy. If we can. Make sure everybody gets the QR code just as a way of you being able to drop um, a quick message into the group going, oh, this has come up. What's happening? Or actually, I think we picked up a couple of things last year in that, didn't we, Stephen, where yeah. we got Tim to share what he was he was doing this term so that you, you knew that you could either pick up on that theme or avoid it because Tim had got it covered. Um, yeah, absolutely. I mean, that's really helpful because I, I think, you know, uh, I've, I've found in many of the many of the relationships, um, you know, we, we immediately start down a path of, uh, well, I need some assistance with my CV, for example. And it's just knowing for, you know, it's just knowing that the Tim's going to be covering that in quite some detail. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, that is one thing you don't have to do. Tim, Tim can definitely pick that up. Although, of course, you guys have always got that specific advice quite often yeah. if, you, if you've got the career. The, the, the knowledge into that sector. I think we have time for about one more question. Paul, you've sat very quietly and reflected. Uh, is there something that you would like to add? I'm going to give you the chance if you're sorry, Paul Loder, not Paul Barron, if just because I've realized that you're both there. Paul, if you've got a question and Paul hasn't got one, then you know I'm coming to you. But um, is, is there something you want to add or a reflection that you think people would benefit from? Uh, no, no direct question, but uh, I've found the whole discussion quite fascinating uh because i've seen many of the topics that we've discussed have actually come up in my experience with mentees uh i think one of the biggest challenges i find is that they're often more interested in my job and what i actually do and it can occasionally be quite a challenge to get the discussion back onto what they need well just explain uh, to everybody what you do do uh i'm a general a manager job. for shangri-la hotels and i'm based in malaysia at the moment so it's been quite an interesting couple of years um, but the discussion on the boundaries and contracting the mentor arrangement has, has been very valuable for me and that's certainly something I'll be taking away from this so uh, I'm very grateful for the for the 
uh, discussion. Yeah, well, that's a very helpful reflection. So if there's nothing from anybody else, I'm going to hand back to um, our panelists. And Paul, I will let you go first this time to just, just if there's one thought you want to leave people with on their mentoring, what would it be? You see, uh, Paul, Paul, you, you've done my trick. You, Hey, I did it the wrong way around. So, sorry, yeah. I, pressed it, I pressed it twice. Um, I think as a service provider, um, so be reactive, be agile in your approach. And uh, so the question I ask people is, how best can I help you? And just to frame my mindset before the conversations, if I need to remind myself. Thank you. Susanna, what would your... I think... If you're feeling that you're being asked difficult questions, you don't have to sit there and struggle all by yourself. You know, reach out for help to the university, reach out to your own connections. There may be somebody in your network that you can draw on and you know, repay the favor later. So definitely use, use the power of the network. And in fact, recently I was able to introduce one of my mentees to an earlier mentee and so on, and then they can help each other. So this is you know, all helpful, but that, that Durham has a very wide network and so we can make use of that. Good advice there. And Michael, the view from Singapore. Uh, um, I would, yeah, I, I'd say, don't be afraid to, to challenge constructively. You, know, you, you can do it. I mean, uh, there's some conversations I've had where, you know, it was very transactional. I want you to find me a job in banking in uh, Asia. And it's like, well, okay, I can do that. Uh, but is, is that it? You know, is, 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 is there anything else you want from this? Uh, you know, let, let's have a proper discussion. So, uh, you know, to Susanna Paul's point, you know, it, it's about, you know, maybe probing a little bit, and finding out what the underlying need is and helping to tease out what, what the specific objective is. No, absolutely. I think there's a, uh, thank you very much everybody for those reflections and for your time. I am just at the moment posting, thank you, Susanna, another brilliant suggestion, um, Tim and Chris's LinkedIn posts in the chat. So if you want to add to your LinkedIn network and reach them, yeah, that is a, as ever, Susanna, great value. Thank you very much. Not just from this, but, but from everything else. And the, the, net, the consummate networker, we can do it even if we cannot leave our, uh, wherever we are and we're stuck there. Thank you so much, everybody, for coming and being so generous with your time and your experience. Um, it's so lovely to hear you. I find it actually really, really inspiring the way you continue back and the support you give to the current students. Um, I think, Amir, we are deeply fortunate, aren't we? Um, with our graduates so thank you very much everybody I'm just going to stay around for a little bit I'm aware that you know the rest of you may have other calls and things that you're going on to um but so don't feel you've got to stay um if we just if you if you want to go on and do those things and Michael good luck with the call with the US this evening um as it you know if you MBA you guys you never stop it's very very much um appreciated but thank you very much